0: The following was recorded at the Seeking Peace Story Show, August 10th, 2017, at the Marion Ross Performing Arts Center in Albert Lee, Minnesota. David Larson's favorite pastime is learning how to be a better dad to his two daughters. He is an enthusiast for peace, harmony, and healing of body, mind, and soul. You may have seen David on the golf courses of Albert Lee on stage with Minnesota Festival Theater or Albert Lee Community Theater, or walking off calories around Fountain Lake. He is currently trying to keep a bonsai tree alive in his office and chows down blueberries whenever possible. Married to Carol and joyful to be alive, David is eager to see the light in new and old friends alike. Allowing Peace by David Larson. I grew up feeling pretty lonely and isolated as a kid. My parents were somewhat uncomfortable with life. They were both guarded and quiet themselves, and I seldom witnessed a discussion about more than what time we were leaving for church or that the kitchen sink was clogged again. They seemed challenged about how to talk to each other, how to connect, how to rest into life. Consequently, we were not very close. I grew up not quite knowing how to talk to people, how to have fun in life, how to feel good. I did not know how to make friends, what to chat about over pizza, or what do girls want to talk about on a date anyway. Not fitting in is a terrible feeling. In high school, I took a psychology course with what seemed like a wacko psychology teacher. She sat on her desk and swung her feet as she told us about personality disordered patients and what caused people to do crazy things that let, left most of us scratching our heads and wondering, huh? But now that I think about it, aren't almost all teachers of psychology unique, like pole vaulters and spam lovers? That's what I'll do, I concluded. I'll become a psychologist and figure myself out. Psychologists have to learn about communication and relationships and what makes people tick and how to overcome problems. Besides, because of my background in the church, I knew I wanted to help others. It seemed rather rewarding to be able to ease people's emotional pain, to wade through their confusion together when they felt like I did, not knowing where to turn to find direction or how to feel like you belong. Now that turned out to be one of the best decisions I could have ever made. The studies and classes did turn productive and enlightening. I've helped countless folks who have lost their way, struggled with their own relationships, who have fought back suicidal thoughts, wrestled with drugs, or felt caught between staying in an unhappy marriage or risking being single again to find happiness. But perhaps the one who benefited most from my training was me. I did find my way out of the fog and into a world where I belonged. I found out how to make a difference, how to have an impact, how to make the world a better place. I've cried with those getting pregnant too early, trying to write their lives and their futures into balance, women who found themselves unexpectedly married to abusive husbands and seeing no way out, those sexually assaulted or abandoned or caught in going nowhere jobs or without a job at all. All of us searching. Searching for the answers to finding meaning in life, safety and protection, love and compassion and hope and peace. I once sat across from a person in my office who had been arrested for murder. I was asked to assess his danger not only to society, but also to those who would be holding him in jail. He did not deny participating in the cruelest acts against a human being that could possibly be imagined. Sinister, depraved, heartless to the bone. The more I met with him though, the more it became apparent that with the challenges he faced, his broken home, his public embarrassments in school, his neglectful and abusive parents, his poverty, his chemical dependency, his lack of support from caring people. I realized that but for the grace of God, we could be sitting in each other's chairs. Though his actions were appalling, I understood what drove his despairing soul and that underneath that rough, protected, isolated exterior was a hurting human being who wanted nothing more than to act differently, a sad soul who was looking for a way out of his misery, but he had no one to show him the way. His uniqueness, if it had had the chance to be nurtured, could have made him the next Hemingway or the next Gandhi or the next high school psychology teacher who could show some lonely, disoriented kid how to get out of self-condemnation and point the way for such a student to see his or her own unique contribution to a world in need. I discovered that he and I were perhaps having the most honest conversation of his life. And we both felt the blending of our hearts. We were one. In the absence of judgment, we understood each other. It was in those precious moments in my office together that we experienced a union of lost souls, an equality of value and a connection that is rarely experienced between two human beings. It seems so easy to judge others these days, to find something wrong with those who are different from ourselves. Now, I see those who are different as gifts. They fill holes that I can't fill and that no one else can fill. The uniqueness of people, especially the ones I can't understand easily, well, they're the greatest gifts of all. They expand my thinking, broaden possibilities for me, and bring a widening of my understanding of the world that only enriches it. My, the world is interesting. I've learned that being treated unkindly by others is not an attack, but a call for love. People can't express what they don't have. Having peace, to me, has come to mean realizing people are always doing the best they can with what they have. I've learned that to hold grievances against someone is irrational and silly, for how can you fault someone for doing their best? We all looked at the world through different lenses, and that's a good thing. Other people need me, and I need them. Instead of getting rid of people unlike me, I now do my best to embrace them and understand them and to look for what I can learn from them. For me, having peace means seeing no enemies and realizing all I have out there are friends. Even those that are out to destroy me make me stronger, and that is a gift. I'm by no means finished in learning these wonderful lessons from those who are different from me. Our differences, though, are our strength. And acceptance and understanding are the secrets to living in grace and ease. Peace is not something we chase. It's something we allow. God bless. Thank you. The Seeking Peace Story Show is produced by Riley Wirth and me, Jeremy Corey Greenus. To hear more, check out our Facebook page and the Story Show podcast. Our intro and outro music was composed by Jasper Corey Flatto.